Jen, it's Monday night, and I know there's something that made you do a spit take. What'd you disagree with this week? You know, I don't know if it's necessarily a disagreeance per se, but so the USFL had their first preseason game this week, and they uh, revealed this new technology, right? Which you think would be super. I don't know, something that's pretty obvious to the rest of us. They have a chip now in the football that can determine if you have a first down or not, right? The USFL. So the NFL, right, has all the resources, all the money, all the backing, and they're still trotting out those two guys with the chain. And it's going to be like that this year, too. So it doesn't really make sense. You think, you know, tennis has it with their balls. Why are they not putting a chip in a football so we know exactly where that ball landed so we know if it's a first down or not? But it's not going to happen. We're going to have another year of, of the two men with the little the little chains trotting out there and doing their best guess. So that kind of annoys me. I hadn't heard of this, but you're absolutely right. The NFL should do something about that, should absolutely do that. I wonder if it's maybe the chain walker union is stronger than Ooh, we think. Oh, yes. Big chain. Big chain walkers. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, they're out there. The big, big and the chain manufacturers. This is, I think. The vests, all of it. Yeah. yeah, you have stumbled upon a massive conspiracy, Jen. That's what I think. <laughs> uh, now, <laughs> but I'm all in. Now let's get to the show. My excellent <laughs> guest, Jen Akins, and a picture of uh, Chris Puff that Daddy Allen. It's a great picture. We miss Chris. Chris is having uh, massive internet issues. In fact, we're a day late because I lost power. Uh, Chris and I both uh, struggling with internet and power and uh, all those things this week. And that's why we're late. That's why we're missing Chris. But we miss Chris, and we will look forward to having him back next week. Uh, Jen, how are you? I am well. I have no issues. I was ready to go last night. I'm ready to go this <laughs> night. Um, no, I'm I'm great. I uh, I turned a year older over the weekend, so that was kind of uh, a thing. Happy and, birthday, uh, thank Jen! Thank you. Yes, you know, listen, it's better than the alternative, as they say. So uh, yes, it was a good good birthday, good Masters weekend. Um, I have no real complaints. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I uh, We got new music this week, which is, uh, uh, you know, we don't do copyright. So I'm just going to say I'm just I like, heard like and, and it was yeah. sold as kind of a different theme, a different mode than what it actually mm-hmm. was. Right. Yeah. It kind of had a little <laughs> uh, I won't say the band name, but like uh, rhymes with schmack schlees kind of a little <laughs> bit vibe to it. Uh, pretty good stuff. Reminds me of some vintage T-Map, a little bit of yeah. vintage T-Map when John would pick the music every week. And uh, I I, I kind of like it, Jen. I thought it was pretty good. No, I, I liked it too. It just wasn't uh, the same genre that I was told it was to be. That didn't sound, <laughs> that did not sound folksy to me. I did like it though. <laughs> and I'm excited about it. I think we're going to have different music, right? Or something like that. Or is that, or is that the music? I think from... that's the I think that's oh, the right. team map music. I think all that's right. what I like it. it. Yeah. I'm I'm cool like with it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's hip. It kind of rocks a little bit. I like that. Uh so uh folks, if you want to get yourself a birthday present before we get started today, uh go get in on some early best ball action. We have a promo right now where if you deposit ten dollars in a new underdog account, you get a deposit bonus match plus a four for four pro subscription. Just enter four F O R four four for four in the promo code box and you can sign up today get in on that best ball action you'll probably see us in some of the drafting lobbies um 
Jen, I want to play some games today. It's kind of fun. And uh, I want to start with one called Fool Me Twice, which you came up with a year ago. So uh, why don't you tell me about it? Yeah, Fool Me Twice is basically, you know, players that basically screwed you over last year, right? So someone that you invested heavily in, in in whether best ball, redraft, you know, DFS, whatever it was, uh, and they either... Or you didn't invest in them, per se, and they actually went off. So it's kind of a, are you going to go back to the well this year? Are you buying them? Are you not buying them? How do you feel? So that's kind of the segment. Um, I will start us off, if, if you're cool with that. Um, yeah. So my first guy who, uh, he fooled me last year, but I am going back to the well, and I'm going to draft him this year, and that is A.J. Brown. Okay. Uh, he was, was, was tough last year. I think a lot of people <clears throat> invested in him and did not get the output that they, they desired. Um, but right now on underdog, his ADP is 17.3. So that's kind of, I think where he should be. Listen, he was hurt last year. Last year was a weird year without Derek Henry. The team just wasn't the same once he went down. And I think this year, um, I think he'll return to where he was in 2020. And, um, you know, he was, he ended up wide receiver 24, I think last year and half PPR points per game, which wasn't awful. I mean, that's the lower end of a wide receiver two. Um, he was drafted as a wide receiver one though. Um, and mm -hmm. this year, you know, he's in the same boat, but, um, I'm going back with him. I think he's someone that, uh, I think he's gonna have a bounce back. How do you feel about AJ Brown? Uh, he burned me. So yeah. I, uh, I had, a, I had a lot. Of AJ Brown. Yeah, me too. I, I ultimately think that at his cost, you're probably gonna have to spend a third round pick on him. I've seen him slide a little into the fourth round before. If he's costing late third, fourth round, then I'm probably gonna be interested again. If he's costing late second, early third, like he was last year, I'm probably gonna pass and look at somebody else just based on how much I got burnt last season. Uh that offense is uh you know efficient. And Derrick Henry's a big part of it. Ryan Tannehill's a big part of, of that playing that efficiency ball. AJ Brown should be the primary target there, but they're 26th in the league in pass attempts last season. They want to run the ball. They want to play defense. And uh, it's hard to think that the volume will be there to make him a wide receiver one lock solid, which is where he was being drafted last year. So wide receiver two, I'm going to be excited about him. Probably won't be able to draft him based on ADP, but, uh, but I do think, I do think he'll bounce back. I hope so. Listen, recency bias is real. We all know it. So that's, <laughs> that's the whole point of the segment. Do you have a guy uh, in a similar situation that burned you that you are looking to go back to? Uh, so I, I do want to say uh, for those thinking about, uh, you know, scorned lovers like me <laughs> and whether or not it's smart to be scorned. Uh, Joe Mixon was my scorned lover last year. Same. I stayed away from him completely. Same. And that was not a good. Big same. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say I, I got scorned by Robert Woods and now he's a teammate of, uh, of AJ Brown's. Uh, I'm not going back with Robert Woods uh, coming off an injury, going to a new team. Like I said, 26th in pass attempts. He goes from a, the prolific Rams offense where we thought he and Cooper cup could both eat uh, to the Titans where a wide receiver two is not likely to get the kind of volume that we're looking for. I think he's going to be one of those guys helps the team in the locker room as a good football player and a bitter disappointment from a fantasy perspective, even though I've always loved Bobby trees. Uh, do you have any interest in him in Tennessee? You know, it's tough with bot with Robert Woods because I feel the same way. Like I'm not from a pure fantasy mind brain perspective. I absolutely see what you're saying. 
but it's going to be really hard for me not to push that button for him. Cause I love him. Mm-hmm. Like he's just, <laughs> he's always been a really like a target dude. And he's always a guy that is undervalued and always produces. So um, given the analytics and looking and all of that, I totally get what you're saying, but I can't be all out. Like I'm going to have to push the button. I'm going to have to resist and not push it as much as I normally would. <laughs> But uh, I won't be heavily invested, but I will sprinkle some in uh, of of Robert Woods because I just have to. I I like him too much. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do have another guy uh, that is in that similar boat that I'm not going back on the well or back to the well on that fooled me last year. And that is TJ Hawkinson. I am out. I am out. I am out. (laughs) He, I mean, last year I invested heavily and it was a disaster. And I just, you know, tight end, as we talk about a lot on the show, it's, it's so tough. And Right now, I just I'd rather grab value at other positions where he's going. I think right now he's going at pick sixty nine, which isn't awful, right? I mean that's a mm-hmm. six rounder, but those rounds I'm not taking a tight end. Like mm-hmm. I'm either paying up or I'm waiting till the end. So Hawkinson, I I'm gonna pass on him and grab someone with better value at that point, whether it's a wide receiver, running back, whatever, even maybe a, a quarterback at that point. But I just can't trust that offense. I just can't trust him. Uh, he burned me a lot last year. And listen, it may bite me in the ass, you know, let, like Mixon and all these other guys that I've gone back and been like, no, and then they, <laughs> they produce. But I just think where he's going and what the tight end position as it is, I'm out. How do you uh, feel about Hawk? Uh, I tend to be a pay up or wait guy as well with tight ends. And we've talked about this a lot um, over the course of our relationship yes. and uh, for years about what, what, <laughs> what we want to do with the tight end position. Uh, and I paid a lot for TJ Hawkinson last year, all over the place. I'm still buying him in dynasty because he he's, his value's taken a little bit of a hit there. So I, I don't have a problem buying him in dynasty formats, especially uh, leagues where I'm not super competitive at this point, uh, or I'm in the middle of a rebuild. I, I like that, but I'm kind of with you at that draft slot. That's not really where I'm taking him. And you could go two rounds earlier and take Darren Waller in a lot of situations because the you're getting the injury discount on him. TJ Hawkinson, you're not really getting a big injury discount, even no, though he's nothing. been injury. But I mean, yeah. yeah. So uh, and there's, you know, I feel like this year the tight end position in that real in that realm is better than usual. I feel like you've got Dawson Knox and you've got players there Schultz. That are, yeah, yeah there's a few guys i think also the the tight end like it's weird like the last couple of years there's been like two to three tight ends and that's it mm-hmm. this year that that kind of first tier has gotten a little bigger because you can add Pitts and kittle and waller and andrews and kelsey so i think that top tier is a little bit bigger to where you don't need to take hawkinson you can mm-hmm. wait i mean that's that's at least my my uh my strategy at the moment, it, it may change, but I'm pretty sure I'm out on him. Do you have another another fool me twice candidate, whether it's whether you're going for them or against them? I do. And I already know I'm wrong about this. <laughs> but uh, the cool thing is, is I've loved McCole Hardman since he was drafted. Ah. And I, I don't know why he's actually the uh, epitome Alumni. of players I don't like because he's so heavily uh, a speed guy. Like normally I don't fall for the speed guy. It's usually uh, to a fault, but I've always liked his skill set. I've always liked his route running, despite the fact that he's the speed guy. I like his situation in Kansas City. He hasn't been good, uh, but you don't have to pay for him anymore. And so because of that, I'm going to go back to the well on him. He's right now he's wide receiver 71. So he's dirt cheap and the chiefs don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. 
Uh, they do bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, but he's I think he has to be considered a question mark at this point. Uh, they'll probably draft somebody, I would assume, but I still think with Demarcus Robinson out of town, Tyreek Hill out of town, Byron Pringle's gone. I mean, he is suddenly the veteran wide receiver in that offense. And I think that when you look at his statistics, the last three years, he's gotten better every year, a little bit better, a little more consistent every year, not finding the end zone last season, but his targets, receptions, yards were all up. Uh, He was running different kinds of routes, a more complete route tree. And I think that if you're looking for somebody who you can draft as your wide receiver six with wide receiver two upside, I think McCall Hardman is the guy I'm going to go back to the well on. I'm going to continue to hope that that talent turns into something really prominent. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, like you said, value-wise, I mean, he's a 13th rounder right now. So, yeah, Yeah. I mean, I had no problem taking McCall Hardman there. Uh, You know, if he was a little higher up, I'd say maybe not. But, yeah, like you said, in that range and and as as, you know, one of your later later wide receiver gets, I'm I'm totally fine with that. I mean, you know, that offense, as we know, the wide – well, without Hill, it's kind of a different ballgame. But before, it's like, okay, you've got Kelsey and you've got Hill, and then you've got a rotating other that you can never really count on. So I think – he may, you know, emerge in that role. I mean, Pringle's gone. So obviously, like you said, they have Juju. So we'll have to see if, if Juju really has a lot left and what will happen between the two of them. But at his current ADP and where he's going, yeah, I have no problem sprinkling him in, in my lineups or in my drafts. I have to applaud you. We went into this and I I, I mentioned let's do this segment and that you came up with, Jen, and I love this segment. Uh, and, and I picked like middle of the road players that are really easy to take a hard stand on and you went in you went in you went went high profile players i commend Mm -hmm. you jen for the bravery the courage that you consistently (laughs) show (laughs) listen i takes or takes right i'm not gonna i'm not gonna half-ass it brandon (laughs) i'm over here hedging that's what i'm doing no you're fine listen robert woods both of them are are completely fine i don't know you know i mean i just figured I, I picked two guys that, you know, legitimately burned me and probably half the fantasy world last year. And yeah. I figured it would be a good discussion on on whether we were going back to them or not, because both of them, you know, are being drafted in similar spots. I mean, Hawkinson's a little bit more of a discount this year than he was last year. But, you know, both guys are, are still being drafted, you know, in the top, you know, in single digit rounds. So I thought it was a good a good thing to talk about. Yeah, I'm still going to platoon tight end, I think. I agree with you with 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 that. I'm probably going to platoon him at the end of the drafts. Probably not going to pay up. Probably going to um, yep. take like three of, of those guys, Gerald Everett and players like that. Yep. You know, I was just, I, yeah, I was going to tell you after you uh, after you talked about our underdog promo, I actually have an article that came out today, which Ooh. is how to yes, how to approach the three team uh, leagues in underdog. So um, that was kind of fun to research. And I actually <laughs> had to do three team leagues in order to do the research. And um, I, I, it was interesting because tight end, it, you know, it's, it's a different ball game with tight end in those three team leagues. It's, it, it's your top priority. You need to get a top guy. Uh, it just, that's the way it is. So, mm-hmm. but it, it still had me kind of looking at the tiers and addressing the tiers. And I came up with the same thing. Like, it's yeah. like you get the first few guys or that's it. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not doing that middle you know, that Higby Hawkinson, <laughs> I just, I can't do it again. Like I'm it, so I just, done with Higby. I'm so it, ready oh, to not. To not you actually last year you had, and like Goddard, <laughs> like I just can't, Ertz, I can't do it. I'm, I'm out on all those guys. I'm not going to do it. Of course, I may be singing a, a different tune in August. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, my thoughts are I'm done with that whole thing. And I know last year Higby was, was your 
absolute. You were every week the frustration with Higby. I know that. I remember it. Yeah, I think week six or something. I was like, I'm just starting Friermuth. That's what I'm doing. I was going to say, didn't you end up just, yeah. Yep. yep, that's what I'm just going to do. <laughs> and I'm sure it paid off for you. <laughs> I had like Higby, Everett, and Friermuth in most leagues last year but because I platooned them. So, um, okay, so uh, let's move to another game that I want to play since we're about halfway through the episode here. Uh, Terminator or Speed? This is one that I like. This has to do with sequels, right? Because sometimes sequels are really good. You get Terminator 2 Judgment Day. That's excellent. The special effects are great. The movie holds up. It's a perfect sequel. And sometimes you get Speed 2 Cruise Control, which uh, with all due respect to the, <laughs> the incomparable Sandy B, who I love tremendously, uh, is a terrible film. <laughs> Speed Did 2 you Cruise see Control that she, she came out recently and said she absolutely regretted making Speed 2? That was a whole, <laughs> it was very, no, seriously, it was very recent. I saw like a blurb on Twitter or something and I was reading it she actually came out and was like uh, mortified that she did that movie so she's with us at least <laughs> in, in that she regard. agrees she, she agrees. agrees yeah, yeah. i uh, i always love those but they talked they asked michael kane once about jaws 4 and he like showed a picture <laughs> or talked about the house that he bought with that money and i'm like fair enough michael kane yeah fair i enough. mean that that's the thing right at the end of the day i mean if it bombs and you make no money then that's one thing but <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that money. Yeah. The money the money speaks the same, whether it's from a crappy movie or a good movie. So let's uh, let's go through our breakout players. And some of these are just players that uh, that legitimately broke out young players who had their breakout season. Some of them are are veterans who've been around a little while and had um, what you could call a breakout season. Uh, and I want to hear what you think, Jen, whether or not you think it's going to be a Terminator 2 sequel next year or a Speed 2 Cruise Control sequel next year. So let's start with everybody's favorite 30 year old breakout, uh, Cordero Patterson, uh, close to all of our hearts. Shout out to Sal. Uh, with four for four, who uh, I know loves Cordero Patterson. I've always uh, been a fan of him. And I'm just going to say, I predicted him to do well when he was drafted. I'm just going to say I'm, I was right. That's what I'm going to say. Pat for life. Pat <laughs> for life. That's right. Uh, so Cordero Patterson, uh, is he going to be a uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day or a Speed 2 Cruise Control in 2022? I wish there was like a, a medium option. Um, if I have to pick, I'm going Terminator. Cause I don't mm -hmm. think he's going to have a horrible season. I don't think he's going to repeat, but he's in a, you know, he's in a good spot. I mean, there's mm -hmm. still nobody great behind him. He's still in an offense that doesn't have a ton of weapons. Mm -hmm. uh, they did sign Ferkser today, which I don't know if that they will did. have any. Yes, which I don't know if that'll have any effect on on Patterson, but um, yeah, I'm going Terminator too. I mean, I don't know. Let me let me do a quick look see at his uh, his ADP here to see if. Well, I like it, you know, even if they add like a Brees Hall, let's say they add a Brees right. Hall in, in that you would think be. I they would have say, to add somebody, right? Yeah, I would think that would be the worst case scenario for him. Right? Would be if they add like Brees Hall or a, a day two running back or something like that in the draft. Um, he's still a slash weapon for them. So I, I I feel like his floor for the reasons you you just said like there just aren't a lot of options there. I feel like his floor is still pretty high. Like he's going to be productive. You know his ADP right now in underdog is 108. I mean that's the end of the yeah. ninth round. Like yeah. I mean yeah. that's you know if he fell in that dead zone and he creeped up to like the sixth or seventh round, I may be a little out. But in the ninth round, yeah, I'd roll the dice on him for sure. I go Terminator. That's yeah, the final nice. answer. Nice. I love it. I love it. Basically, Cordero Patterson is the new T-1000. That's basically the way it goes. I love it. I love it. Uh, also, they re-signed him, so they like him. So yeah. that's the other thing. Uh, let's go to uh, the opposite end of the spectrum. A young player who had a breakout season became an elite 
fantasy receiver, one of the best in the league on a week-to-week basis. Debo Samuel for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, we know that that offense has some interesting questions going into next year, but n- definitely not questioning his talent. Uh, do you think Debo Samuel is going to have a Terminator 2 sequel or a Speed 2 sequel? I think he's going to have a Terminator 2. I, I think he's going to have a good season. However, he's very expensive. I mean, mm-hmm. right now his ADP is 12. I mean, that's that's banking. I mean, that's high. You know, you're yeah. banking on him giving that same dual role this year. San Francisco just scares me a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyle Shanahan is not like he's just not consistent with what he does. Right. I mean, sometimes I just it makes me a little nervous. You've got Kittle will be back to full health. Right. So, I mean, I like Debo. I don't know about it. I don't know about it in the first round, though. Like, that's a little scary to me to invest all of that in him. I think he's going to have a good season. I think he's obviously very talented and he's obviously capable of wearing multiple hats. So I'm down with Debo. I don't know that I'm down with him in, in the first round though. Okay. But, I mean, how do you feel? I I'm with you. I don't want to pay for him. I, I like him a lot. Uh, if he's going late second, then I'm much more interested pairing him with, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor than I am pairing him with Joe Mixon. I I'm, I'm much more. Yeah, interested I don't know in though. Do you see him draw? I mean, the only way he drops is if San Francisco, draft someone you know major at what the wide receiver position or i mean he's at he's right now his adp is 12 i mean do you see him dry i don't see him dropping all the way to the end of the second i think it's possible if uh if we get like you know Brees hall in houston i think that's a that's a spot i think that there's a couple other spots that could happen um i also think that it's possible if san francisco uh, declares Trey Lance officially the starter, then I think you could scare some people off. But, gotcha. uh, but, but you're right. I, it's not likely. I, I definitely think his ADP is his ADP. Coming off the season he had, people love him, want to have him. He's still young, has a ton of talent. Uh, let's stick with San Francisco. Elijah Mitchell, the running back, who was really good when he played last season. Uh, do you think he's going to have a good sequel or a bad one? I like Elijah Mitchell a lot, and I think right now – um, he's still fairly inexpensive. I mean, he's, he's right now, you know, he's, his ADP is 55 ish. Uh, once again, back to Kyle Shanahan, you just don't know. I mean, he's, he doesn't, he's not a one running back guy. I mean, that's pretty clear. So, uh, but I think at his ADP, I'm fine with Elijah Mitchell. I think that he had a great year. He got hurt too. And he still, you know, came back and, and did well. So I'm going Terminator for him. Okay. I, I like that. I'm worried about his health and I, I tend to be skittish with guys coming off injuries. I just do for better or worse. So I'll probably stay away for that reason, but uh, the kid's talented. They sure seem to like him. Uh, let's go young, to re- you know. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to a receiver that I actually already kind of know your opinion on, but I'm curious uh, because he was the only thousand yard receiver in Chicago last year uh, on a team with a terrible offense and struggles at quarterback. And still 140 targets, 81 receptions, 1,055 yards for Darnell Mooney. Do you think that he builds on that season, has a nice sequel, or a poor one? It's tough because I want to like Darnell Mooney. Um, right now he's, a, I think, a six-rounder, which is a little pricey for me for that offense. It so is high. I will probably, unless he falls a little bit, I will probably stay away. But I do like him, and I hope he has a Terminator season. I just feel like that whole Chicago offense is kind of set up for a speed, too. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's fair. I I think I like him because because the quarterback situation can't really be worse than it was last year. I think that's what I 
I'm hoping at least with the new coaching right. staff. Uh, I also like Justin Fields, even though um, it's not looking good so far. Uh, I mean, they have a new, yeah, they have new coach, new system. You never know. I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, for, for all the Chicago fans out there, um, I hope that, you know, they take a leap or, or even a small step because last year was very ugly. I want him to start a radio show called Over the Mooney. I feel like it'd be like a late night and he'd he'd do put like he'd play like smooth jazz and just like tell <laughs> us about what his evening was like, like hot uh-huh. spots to get a cocktail at 1030 at night or something like that. That's what I'll over the Mooney radio show syndicated starring Darnell Mooney. I feel like this would sponsored be sponsored by Denny's Moon over my hammy. <laughs> <I absolutely. laughs> sponsored by Denny's. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's go to another receiver. Uh, Michael Pittman, another guy, um, breakout season, second year, uh, gets an upgrade at quarterback, a clear upgrade at quarterback with Matt Ryan coming over. Um, also probably a run heavy offense, but, uh, do you think that he's going to have a nice follow-up to his breakout season? So he is also a six rounder. He's right around Mooney. Um, and if we're if we're deciding between the two, I probably will go Pittman just based on system and based on on Ryan uh, over Fields. Uh, so yeah, I mean Pittman. I don't know. It's tough there. I mean he's he's kind of the only guy. I mean we've had this. I feel like we've had this conversation on every single team map this season. But besides <laughs> Mo Ali Cox, he's kind of the only guy there. So uh, he should get a lot of volume. I mean. Like you said, they are run heavy. They have, you know, they have a guy named Jonathan Taylor. So, uh, but I think if, I mean, if if we're talking between the two, I probably would lean Pittman. I'm not going to be heavy on Pittman, but I'll certainly draft him this season. So Terminator. Okay. Terminator. I like that. I like that. Uh, Let's stick with young third year receivers and go Gabriel Davis. Uh, The Buffalo Bills kind of, kind of cleared a little bit of the murk off their depth chart over the off season. Uh, they, uh, they did add Jimison Crowder, but um, they got rid of Cole Beasley. Emmanuel Sanders doesn't seem like he's going to be back. So I, I'm curious what you think of Gabriel Davis. His breakout came in the playoffs. Does he build off that going into 2022? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think Gabriel Davis, you know, we all kind of wanted him to break out last year, and then he didn't, and then he did. Uh, and like you said, there was a lot of murk. You had Manny Sanders there who got hurt as well. And then Beasley was, you know, Beasley murking it up. He was kind of a disaster with everything. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think Davis, you know, as the, I don't know. I mean, I, it's tough because Crowder, Crowder's good. You know, we can't really like, we can't cast him aside. Right. I mean, he's in the he mix um, and you've got Diggs, of course. So I don't know. I mean, what is his, where, where is Gabe, where is Gabe, Gabe is, I can't even speak. Gabe, Gabe Davis. That's a tough name to say. It's like a tonguey twister. I'm trying I like to figure the, out. I like Gabe Davis is like the, um, <laughs> like the evil, like parallel to Gabe Davis. Like he's right. got like, got like the pencil thin mustache and walks around going, yeah. That's wow. what I think. Uh, he is a six rounder as well. Yeah. That's he, too high for me. <laughs> his ADP is 66. So at that ADP, I am out. I would take him a little later. I take him closer to the like ninth, 10th double digit area, but Six round, uh, that's a little bit. I feel like you can get, you know, a, a clear wide receiver two on a team, even or maybe a wide receiver one like a Pittman, you know. Well, Mo- Mooney and Pittman uh, are, yeah, are can, probably exactly, the wide receiver ones. Exactly. Yeah. So why are you going to take a questionable wide receiver two slash three, uh, even though you do have Josh Allen thrown in the ball? Yep. So there's that too. Uh, but, yeah, I guess I'm out at that ADP. Yeah, me too. I, I didn't know his ADP was that high. That's – uh. Yeah, I can't do that. Let's go. Uh, Mike Williams, I want to talk about because Mike Williams uh, was uh, struggled and then he figured out how to 
uh, score touchdowns, and then he figured out how to get yardage. And then finally last year, he figured out how to do both at the same time. And I'm wondering, uh, do you think he'll continue that going into this season? I hope so. I like mm-hmm. Mike Williams. I like that offense. I like Herbert. I feel mm-hmm. like Allen is kind of, you know, maybe losing a step, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, I think Williams, you know, he's in that same range. He's in that, you yep. know, he's in that six, six round range. So um, if he can stay healthy, I think that he's in a good spot and I would, I would take him there. Um, I would love for him to be a little bit cheaper, but you know, maybe he will, like you said, once the draft happens and things shuffle up, he may drop a little bit. I think a little people are gun shy of him because he was kind of last year was tough. I mean, he had a couple games with zero and then he had a couple games with a ridiculous output. So, you know, the in best ball, you can set and forget and deal with those inconsistencies in redraft. It's kind of tough because you got to make that decision every week. Am I starting this guy? Is he going to get me a goose egg or is he going to get me 15 points? So mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, if his ADP comes down a little bit, I'm more in, but I do like Mike Williams. Williams, and I think Herbert is only going to get better um, and that offense is only going to get, you know, the chemistry is going to get stronger. I think that's fair. And at that spot, you know, Mike Williams was the wide receiver one in fantasy for through like yeah. the first quarter of last season, which is uh, uh, tough to go. So let's uh, let's do everybody's favorite Bengals uh, duo. Uh, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, you know, both of them broke out last year. Burrow showed uh, good signs as a rookie as well. But uh, toward the end of last year, really broke out as a fantasy asset. Jamar Chase uh, obviously was dominant all season. Uh, Are you buying them at their lofty expectations going into this season? It's crazy. Their ADP is is pretty nuts. I mean, Burrow right now yeah. on, on underdog, he's QB5, you know, in, in the fifth round. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. And if you, know? you rostered Burrow last year, you know what a ride that was. Yeah. No, I had him on a redraft team, and it was a ride. Uh, and, you know, I mean, Chase is really – I mean, Chase is, <laughs> Chase's ADP right now is 5.8. So you are – I mean, if you're drafting Chase, you are drafting him in the first round. And if you want to stack, you're drafting Burrow in the fifth round. That's that's that, yeah. that's extremely pricey. I probably will be more in the Higgins uh, camp, which I think he's still kind of pricey too, to be honest. But uh, – Higgins is yeah I mean his ADP is 26 jeez yeah I don't know bu- people buying that offense <laughs> Whew, I may I may be out on the Bengals um and it may bite me in the butt but I don't know if I can pay all I, I don't know if I can I guess it depends on where I am in the draft I mean if Chase if I'm in the back end of a draft and all the really elite running backs are gone and I may I may take Chase uh there but I don't think I can take Burrow in the fifth round I don't know if I can stomach that I'm not sure I'm with you. It's also just not an area I take a quarterback. Right. Like every, I mean, every year there's somebody who I say, okay, if they if they slip to the sixth, I'll take them. Right. And it's usually Dak. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but a guy that doesn't run that much, I yeah, not that high, not that high. I it, I yeah. That, that's crazy enough. Dak is qb7 right now i mean he's he's kind of he's affordable (laughs) i'm gonna have a lot of dak i'm gonna have a lot of dak on my roster (laughs) i may find myself with a lot of russell wilson because he is right now you know he's a eighth rounder so i don't know we'll have to see i have a feeling that that it's gonna creep up as uh as training camp and things start but we'll see we'll see with 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 old russie what happens with him but i i think uh i don't know he he might be someone that i may be targeting uh, if I don't take one of the top guys, I was looking so you could get CD Lamb back into the second round, and you can get Dak in the seventh round. Yeah, um, or in the sixth round, you can get Dak. That that's a 
that is a tantalizing stack right there. CD Lamb back into the second, then you get Dak later on. Yeah, I, that that might and he's a late a six too. I mean, right now his ADP is seventy, so that's like yeah. you're. It's a late six. It's not even early six. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't hate that. And you're not. You're not overpaying, and you're not losing value at the top. You know, you're not, uh, you know, your opportunity cost is is what it should be in, in there instead of, I mean, going for Chase as your, you know, top five pick and then <laughs> turning around and taking Burrow in the fifth. I mean, that's, ooh, that's tough. Uh, uh, that's tough. As much as I like those guys in general. Yeah. Um, I, I you, you mentioned Russ. We weren't going to talk what? about Russ specifically, but I wanted to mention um, Seattle he was wildly inconsistent. He would have huge games, like great best ball target, right? Redraft, yeah. he drive you crazy. Do you think that changes in Denver? I know we kind of re talked about this, but I kind of think it does. I, feel I do. Like I think it's, yeah, yeah, it's a totally different system. Mm -hmm. You've got a whole different vibe. I mean, he, you know, there's, he's just not underneath Pete Carroll in that situation. I think he gets a fresh start. You know, you got a young, you know, head coach in, in Hackett that, is offensive minded. I think it's going to be a totally different vibe. And I think I'm not saying he's going to be like QB one or anything, but I do think that, you know, those inconsistencies will be gone. I think he'll be able to make plays. He'll be able to cook, you know, as the saying goes, I think he'll be able to run. I think he'll be able to throw and he has good weapons. I mean, you've got Sutton and Judy. I, I think that, you know, and you got Alberto and I'm sure they're probably going to draft somebody and we're still, I guess Melvin Gordon is still TBD, but you know, Javante Williams is, you know, he can catch, he can run. So I think Russell's in a good spot and I hope for his sake that, you know, like those inconsistent, you know, he's not so inconsistent as a fantasy asset. I'm, I'm interested. I'm very interested there. Um, I want to go to tight end real quick. I want to talk about Pat Fryermuth uh, for solely personal reasons. I have a lot of Pat Fryermuth in Dynasty. Uh, he was the tight end 13 last year, and he's being drafted as the tight end 10 right now. He had a very good season. It was very touchdown dependent. Do you think he can build on a very good season for a rookie tight end? Um, do, do you think he can build on that season, have a Terminator sequel or a speed one? I mean, we're listen. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think that you know you got that offense is different. I mean, you've Ben is gone. I mean, if if True. Trubisky is the actual quarterback, I mean, I don't know. Is Trubisky good? Like, I, it's tough. Like, it's one of those things where I just don't know. It's like he's one of those guys that sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not. Uh, you have you know Juju's gone, so you have Deontay Johnson. I mean, I think the targets will be there. You know, I think that whether or not that offense runs well is still yet to be determined. So, uh, but I think from a fantasy perspective and from a tight end perspective and where his price is and everything, yeah. I mean, I, I would certainly buy into Fryermuth. I, I, so what I heard is, Brandon, you're a genius <laughs> dynasty fantasy football yes, manager. Yes, absolutely. And you're going to be set at the tight end position for the next decade. That's what Correct. I heard. Correct. Okay. Okay. Well, listen, I mean, I, I forgot it was a dynasty question. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, because Trubisky is a rental. I mean, let's be real. It's not like Trubisky is going to be their franchise guy. So, And he might not even be the quarterback this year. We'll have to see what happens there. Mm -hmm. So I think long term, I think you're great with Fryermuth. I mean, he's yeah. young. He's only had one season. Yeah, you're set. And short term, he's still cheap. So he's like you said, right. he's he's going to be someone. He'll be a part of a lot of my platoon right. options in redraft. Um, let's go to another uh, rookie coming off a, a very good season, one that he built uh, over the course of the year, finished really strong. Amon Ross St. Brown, the the wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. Uh, Detroit is what they are, <laughs> uh, but they did add DJ Chark. 
We don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like by the time it gets to week one. Amon Ross St. Brown, he is going off uh, the board as wide receiver 23. So you'll, you'll have to pay a little bit for him. Are you buying him to be able to build on his breakout year? That's a tough one because it was kind of a crazy year. I mean, for him, he kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, everyone kind of expected Hawkinson to be the guy and have all the targets. And there really wasn't going to be anything else happening in Detroit. Swift, you know, with, with Swift, of course, in the mix. But I think that I don't know if it's tough because I want to like him and I want to be able to draft him. But like you said, I mean, you have to pay for him. And I don't know if I can pay that much for anyone in that offense other than Swift. And I'm still not even I mean, Swift is still kind of pricey, too. So I think I may be out on him at that price. But I'm not fully committing to that because I may change my tune over the course of the offseason. Chark definitely affects it to me. And Hawkinson, when he was healthy, I think he was still getting as many or more targets than Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't know. If he was cheaper, I'd be really excited about it. Yeah, I think that, (laughs) you know, as we know in the fantasy world, it's like someone has a, a breakout and it's just like, you know, everyone just jumps on it. And all of a sudden he's the next best thing and you can't really... Yeah, they become they, they you get priced out of them, and then the problem is, is those guys end up disappointed because you know you rarely, as I don't know, in an offense like that, I feel like it's tough to be able to repeat that kind of season. There's it's no kind sleepers of anymore. There's no, the, everybody no, knows, everybody's there's too really savvy. Not. But that's kind of how I feel about about CPAT. You know, it's yeah. like all of a sudden, like I don't know that he can repeat. Like it was kind of like a magic thing, and I think. St. Brown, it might have been, you know, the perfect storm last year of of, of things, and it, he mm-hmm. may not be there again, or he may, and I and I'll be, you know, left holding the bag. So they say. <laughs> I got one more, one okay. more uh, rookie. Uh, this is a player who was really good when he played and when he got the touches, and uh, it, you know, it happened a little bit more as the season went on. Running back for the Jets, Michael Carter, uh, seems like he's going to be the guy, barring the draft. Obviously, the draft can change things, but. Uh, you know, he clearly outplayed Tevin Coleman, clearly outplayed Ty Johnson last year. I promise I didn't just torture my uh, five-year-old who screamed upstairs. Uh, and, uh, you know, 14 games, 147 carries, 639 yards. He looked pretty good at times. Is he somebody, also caught 36 balls, is he somebody that you think we can target for a Terminator or a Speed sequel? I like Michael Carter a lot. I liked him last year. I like him this year. The problem is he right now is falling in the dead zone, right? He's right now, his ADP is 66. So he's in that sixth round, which is the RB dead zone. So he's one of those guys. Yeah. I, I will draft him if I decide to go, you know, zero RB or hero anchor, whatever you want to call the, you know, the other RB strategy. Just not modified zero. Just running, not That's the only modi- thing you don't want to say. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> I, I, that would, that did not come out of my mouth, but if you want to imply that, you know, impart that strategy, uh, then yeah, I I'll target him. I, I'm one of those people. I actually did an article. It was a couple seasons ago. Um, it was, it was an, it was a player profile on Kareem hunt, but I did a study on the dead zone and it's not as dead as people seem to think it is. Like you can okay. get value there and you can get guys that score the points. And I feel like Michael Carter could be one of those guys this year that ends up coming out of that dead zone, uh, to, you know, end up as an RB one or maybe a, you know, an RB two, whatever. But I feel like, uh, you know, that offense is still, eh, I mean, still Zach Wilson. Like, I'm not sure what's exactly going to happen, but he definitely showed, like you said, he outplayed Coleman. He outplayed uh, Ty Johnson and he is the RB one in that offense. Now, whether that means something or not, we'll have to see, but 
Um, I don't hate where he's being drafted, and I will probably draft him. Not every time, but if I decide to go with, you know, no running backs to start or maybe one, I will I will grab him as my RB2. I like it. I might have a lot of Michael Carter this year. I kind of like him. I like his ta- I like that he catches passes. I kind of like the Jets as a as a buy low team in yeah, general. Yeah, and he got hurt for a little bit last year, but yeah. he was good once he came back. He was good. And uh, you know, year two of this coaching staff, mm-hmm. year two of Zachity Zach. I <laughs> Zachity Zach. I you know, I I've got I've got a another podcast called the Two Guys Podcast with my buddy Dwayne. And Dwayne and I always say that we should run the Kings and our uh, the Sacramento Kings, and our argument is we can't do worse. And I feel like that should be the Jets. Yeah. With fantasy going into this season like when you're drafting these jets at this discounted price i mean they they kind of can't be worse <laughs> no i mean like elijah moore michael carter i mean sure yeah can't all those worse. guys um elijah moore showed signs of like Corey davis was okay at times mm-hmm. at times when he was healthy um Zach Wilson's really interesting. I, I, we're going to see at the end of this season, we're going to be like the Jets need a new quarterback, or we're going to be right. like, we were way too early to uh, be out on Zach Wilson. going to be really interesting to see what happens. Uh, Jen, this was fun. We're already out of time. So I'm going to have to cancel the other ones that I had. Um, we missed Chris desperately <laughs> as always. Uh, and that, that graphic that Sal made of him as puff daddy is always wonderful. Uh, thank you, Jen. Any final thoughts before we go? No, I got nothing. Like I said, I, I got an article that uh, came out today. Um, if anyone wants to know, you know, uh, some strategy and tips for doing those three man uh, or three team uh, drafts on underdog that came out today. Um, other than that, it's been, it's been a joy and a pleasure as always, Brandon. Excellent. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at the Monday mommy still follow Chris at Chris Allen FFWX and at two guys. Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out. Have a good day.